You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Hey, Sheepdogs, welcome back to yet another episode of Beside the Badge. This one is special because this one is season two, episode one, uh, The Journey to the Badge. So I've got a big announcement today. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Paul Buckner. I am a civilian police chaplain in the state of Missouri, and uh, I have been honored for years now, over a decade, to serve alongside the badge, hence the name of the broadcast, Beside the Badge, uh, helping to keep good cops behind badges. So a couple of quick things before we get started here. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while, and you are with a department or have been with a department and you would like to send a patch uh, to me, I would love to have it. Get a hold of me through the social medias. You can contact me through Facebook and uh, I would love to chat with you, uh, get to know your department and where you're from. Behind me, if you're watching this, there is a map in the form of a corkboard of the continental United States and I am slowly but surely getting different tax in that from different parts of the country where people have been listening. Uh, Secondly, I've actually picked up, so I picked up a couple of extra patches in the meantime that have gone up on the wall. And then behind me, over my left shoulder, if you're watching this, is a photograph. And that is a photograph I actually took on one of my platography walks. Joel Grimes, the the photographer, famous professional photographer, uh, calls it platography. And that is actually one of my favorite photos. One of the things that I am doing for positive um, habits and hobbies is playtography. I'm going out and enjoying it. And over the last year, I have leveled up enough as a photographer enjoying that time that I have decided I want to see some of my photos in print. So that is my third one that I've bought. And actually for Christmas, my wife actually had several of my photos that I really like, several of my favorite photos framed. Uh, and that was a very, very neat thing to get as part of my Christmas. So, Uh, Moving on uh, with our podcast, uh, The Journey to the Badge, I uh, had an interesting thing happen uh, a few months ago that I had been kind of holding close to my chest, keeping it close to the vest, as they say, Um, no pun intended. And uh, But what has happened is one of the departments that I chaplain, um, the chief and I had a long talk about me uh, becoming a, uh, a reserve officer for his department. And um, he made me two or three different offers that I just couldn't fulfill. I have a lot of respect for him and what he's doing with his department. They're doing a lot of great things in that town. So shout out to you, buddy. But at the same time, I, I can't be a full-time police officer. And there's several reasons for that. One is I already have a full-time career path and it allows me to actually be flexible enough to go to different departments and bless them. So there's times that that, that definitely helps with my schedule. Number two, um, I um, I like to be able to take some of the extra money that I have, I live pretty frugal, and use it to bless people in other departments. Um, I do some other ministries where I, I do security for different ministries, and I am involved uh, with a podcast and a live broadcast and a group on Facebook called the Church Safety Guys. And we bless a lot of different churches, uh, helping them find quality training. So for me, that's a lot of ministry aspect in my life that if I if I worked a full-time or even a, a heavy part-time position for one specific department, it would not allow me to go out there and work with um, work with the different departments that I chaplain. And 
the way that I function is if I get a call from one of my officers they're like, dude, we need to have lunch. We need to have, we need to go to dinner. I really, I really need you to come have a ride along with, with me. Then I'm going to go to that situation. And with a couple of the ministries that I work with, I may be called upon to do executive protection for somebody quick, fast, and in a hurry. And I, I have to be able to drop everything and go. So working a full or part-time position in law enforcement where the expectation is that I'm there for 12 hours a shift, it's just not possible for me. And uh, so that's been a that's been one of those things that has kept me away from a commission for a long time. And at length, having talked to this chief, um, I, he's like, what would work for you? I, I want you to carry a commission. It protects you. It, it protects us. It helps you better protect us, uh, because I don't know how many times I've been in situations where they didn't have any backup and I was backing them. And that is a, a double edged uh, sword. That is a blade edge I have walked for many, many years. And um, so I said, you know, the only way I could ever see me becoming a police officer is basically doing what I do now. I'd have to go through a night academy, which is going to take me nine months uh, in my state to become a police officer, at the end of which I would carry a reserve commission with at least one department. And then I would basically, I wouldn't be working in a car by myself working shifts. My my ministry would be still what it is because that's what I feel called to. I feel what, that's what I feel the Lord has called me to do. But I have, I have been, um, like I'm I'm sorry where I was going with that. I was trying to say I'm I'm writing with a department and I. I'm there as their chaplain, I'm there as their friend, I'm getting them the equipment that they need and what have you, but I'm going to turn around and when an emergency happens, they have instant built-in commissioned backup. And he goes, then do it. You'll graduate the academy with a commission. And I stopped and I thought about it and I went, um, this isn't going to come back around because you don't get to tell your boss, hey, I can't tell you when I can work. I can't tell you when I can help you. I might come to the department this week. I might not that's not a relationship that you're going to have with the average department. And so I've had a longstanding relationship, friendship, mentorship with this police officer. We are like brothers. And I realized this is, this is the opportunity that I have to give back to my community. But at the same time, um, I can, I can actually do a better job of protecting the police officers that I ride with. And I don't know how many times, like I said, that I have been at the scene of something where I have backed an officer minus that commission. And it's just a different environment. Those of you who are in law enforcement and carry a commission, you understand there are pluses and minuses to that. And so uh, barring some apocalyptic incident in life, uh, I plan on um, uh, going through the academy starting in August of this year and going through the nine-month academy. And it's it's interesting. I feel like the Lord has been forging me for about a decade into something, and I didn't really know what. I, I felt the need a decade plus ago to start training um, in firearms, and I have since trained some in martial arts and in knife defense. I've um, gone through executive protection training and do executive protection. I have gotten to do some high-end security. I have rolled with some pretty high-end law enforcement, and I have cross-trained with them and or been the bad guy for their training and have performed. Um, there was one department where the sheriff asked me to step into the role of one of his um, SRT uh, deputies that had had to leave, and I was able to perform at the same level or better than they were performing. And that's not arrogance. That's 
um, that's where the Lord's brought me. And I've wondered for many years, what are you making me into? What are you forging me into? I'm in, I'm in better physical condition than I have ever been in my life. And I'm in my forties and mentally I am the best version of myself that I've ever been. I do a massive amount of personal development and realizing all these things. I've been kind of scratching my head over the last several years, wondering what it is God was doing in my life and where he was taking me. And even just, just beside the badge, the, the podcast, uh, trying to encourage the good officers out there to stay, trying to help officers develop positive coping mechanisms for the, the terrible things that they see on a daily basis. Um, you know, I recently talked to an officer that was talking about how terrible it was for him uh, experiencing the autopsies of small children because he deals with sex crimes and terrible things like this. And he's like, I don't ever want to become jaded to it because he's afraid he would lose part of his humanity. And I get that. There are things that officers see that human beings were not meant to see. And uh, so it's been an interesting journey. And then now I have been offered a commission with a police department. And so I've kind of done it backwards. I've joked for years that I have been a, a unicorn. And I've got some channel art coming down the pipe that kind of speaks to that. But I personality wise, skill sets wise, uh, training, education, life experience, I've been thrown into some situations that are just unbelievable. I've, I've been into a lot of really interesting, weird things that have happened to me over the years. And I've become a unicorn. Um, and I have, I've experienced situations. I was protecting a young lady one day, uh, doing some ad hoc executive protection. And I executed a pit maneuver and put a truck in a tree, uh, protecting a young lady from somebody who was trying to do her grievous bodily harm, or at least the circumstances could have led to that, um, was exonerated. You know, everything was looked at. The department was like, no, you actually showed incredible restraint. This person, this person, um, could have used lethal force and you were able to get between, uh, this individual and that young lady and protect her. You know, I've, I've had these weird, very, very interesting experiences over the years. So I want to, I want to go back to go forward. I, I thank God for what he's been doing. I thank God for the, the crazy, amazing things that he's brought me through over the last decade. And, and now he's brought me to this place of being able to actually serve alongside men and women I care about, um, as a peer, but to be that next level of dedicated, devoted chaplain. And again, being a unicorn, many officers who are men and women of faith, they will become a chaplain later in their career. And so the Lord's actually brought me into the position of being a civilian police chaplain and then opening a door for me to go through the academy. And um, that just blows my mind. Um, and there may open, uh, it may open doors for me to do some instructing, not for money, um, but I want to be able to go into some of these departments that can't afford some of this instruction. And maybe uh, prayerfully, it's still up in the air. Uh, with, with carrying a commission, there are taser certifications and different things that I could get where I can help departments as part of my ministry. And that to me is just another page in, in the book of what I do for these departments. It's just one more thing I can do for them. But going back to go forward, many, many years ago, I was working on a pro-Second Amendment event in my state. I'm going to take a quick coffee sip break. Mmm. I love my Got Your Six coffee, and uh, that happens to be Cup of Joe. It is hands down my favorite flavor, black, dark, and rich. Anyway, moving on. I 
had an opportunity, was doing getting ready to do a pro second amendment event, reached out in my area and was talking to a gentleman in law enforcement who had a restaurant. And I knew him. I ate there at his restaurant a couple times a week. He's a close personal friend. And over time, that friendship had cont continued to develop. And that was really where what I call Southwest Missouri Adopted Cop found its roots. It's not really a, a, a real charity yet. It may become one. But it's something that I started doing to help his department because he and I would be talking and I realized, you know, stuff was duct taped together in his car. He, he had failed equipment. It was, it was one of these small town America problems that people just don't realize. And people are like, oh, well, just, just go get federal funding and federal grants. And they don't realize that there are strings attached to a lot of that. And we really want to keep our law enforcement departments independent. That is a lot of the power of America is we're not designed to be led by this one strict, centralized, dictatorial uh, government. It's meant to be the government by the people for the people. And so this this small department was Baroque. They weren't broke. They were Baroque. And um, God opened a door. I've got a big mouth. I know people. And over a period of a couple of years, equipment came in and we're talking hard body armor, soft body armor, bandages, practice ammo, duty ammo, handguns, shotguns, rifles. Um, we were able to get a shotgun Cerakoted bright orange for the department to have one for beanbags, um, cars, printers, computers, networking equipment, camera equipment. Um, and I'm forgetting stuff, radio equipment for a tower. And the Lord just kept opening these doors and it built my ministry. And I didn't realize that he was laying a foundation, that God was laying a foundation. And I've talked about this before, but this is really where my journey to the badge began. And um, so getting to know that man in his department, seeing them in action, seeing the heart of law enforcement, that these are real people with with all of the things that come with being a real human being, putting on badges and uniforms and going out to protect us every day. And that's one of the things that I wish people in the in the regular civilian world, the private citizens out there, I wish that they could understand about law enforcement is um, these are different departments and people look at law enforcement as one entity. And so I've seen the good, bad, and the ugly of law enforcement, of what cities do to law enforcement, of what bad administration can do. I've seen amazing people that give of themselves to make these things happen. So quickly, I'm going to take a sponsor break and then we'll come back and talk more about where I've been watching God and, and what I feel like is my journey to the badge. So um, I have been blessed to have three sponsors and uh, um, John Lee O'Reilly with, uh, with uh, his uh, de-escalation training and um, his gentle response is the name of, gentle response is the name of his company. I absolutely love what they do. I have found out that he's got uh, several churches that he's going to uh, in early 2021 to do, uh, I think up in the Illinois area or Ohio or Ohio area rather. Uh, but he's doing, um, uh, his de-escalation training, he takes a, a cadre of people with him, uh, former law enforcement, and he has a background as retired law enforcement, a very deep uh, background where he has learned and can now teach top shelf de-escalation. And uh, his friendship has been an amazing thing to watch what God has done with him and uh, how he's blessing people. And he also teaches law enforcement. Secondly, got your six coffee. A uh, good friend of mine, I found out recently, they are on a journey to be opening retail locations. 
Ah, I love their coffee, and I know that there's purpose in every cup. Check them out online. They literally take care of law enforcement, EMT, paramedics, firefighters, and veteran causes. I've been there. I've seen it. They change lives. If you drink coffee, you should be drinking their coffee. Uh, followed by Matt Combs with Shield Force International. I'm actually going to be working on some upcoming projects with him and doing some training going into 2021. I am excited about that. So if I haven't said it already, Happy New Year. And uh, very, very excited to see where that goes, where God takes it. And um, looking forward to training in anything I can with Shield Force International. I dearly love training with them. So coming back to the journey to the badge, for me, for me, um, I got to see law enforcement in action and I'd be, I'd be fixing a computer for this small rural, you know, rural small town department. And I would hear over the radio that they were headed to something and it was a domestic and somebody had pulled a, a knife or whatever it was. And I started going with them. And as somebody who uh, is a, a stalwart uh, supporter of the civilian ownership of guns, of private citizens having the right to carry, um, I, I carried and carried legally. And, uh, that department was the very first department that said, Hey, you will carry, uh, you are very welcome to carry inside of our department. And you are also welcome to carry on ride alongs. And I, that was one of my first blushes with becoming a unicorn, uh, where people are like, what exactly are you? And I'm like, yeah, it's a good question. And this, this chief, as it were, recognized, um, the fact that I not only had the right, uh, to be armed, but he wanted me armed and knew of my then burgeoning skill sets. And uh, it's definitely been a journey. I look back at some of the things that I have trained through and learned, and and uh, I definitely have come a long way in the last 10 years, uh, personally, mentally, physically, and especially with my training in firearms skills and knowledge. And um, several instances on ride-alongs where being there made the difference between that officer having to fight or um, that officer being in some kind of danger. Um, there may even be a few instances where um, me being there, God putting me there when he did, protected that officer from being uh, killed. And I've had officers tell me they feel like I saved their life. That's That's really not for me to say. But it was really an interesting journey. And then people uh, from other departments, other chiefs were like, <clears throat> would you um, would you want to come ride with us and fix our computers and keep us running? Because we're spending a small fortune uh, keeping our computers going and we can't hardly get our IT guy to get here. It takes him two weeks or two months to get down here. And, you know, I, I can't speak to that, but I have a background in IT and I would keep their equipment running and diagnose things and help them buy stuff. And people started donating computer equipment um, for tax write-offs and similar. It really became an awesome opportunity. And um, I basically I basically was blessed to have the ability to help about six different departments, anywhere from just about completely rebuild the department down to just the minor knickknacks that they needed to keep going. I think the last thing I gave somebody, um, I gave some wedges for doing um, lockouts um, the other day to a couple departments. And uh, they, they go through them fast. They break, they chip, they get lost. Um, they get borrowed by by um, other folks within the department and not returned. Um, go figure. But then um, 
the thing I think before that was like a left-handed holster for an officer who was left-handed and needed a nicer holster than what she had. And that's been, that's been an incredible thing. Everything, like I said, from cars and, and equipment, um, wheels. Um, I had a department that they, they got a car, uh, donated to, or I think, I think they bought it. I can't remember if that one was donated or bought, but it needed, it needed rims, um, because the ones that had were in pretty bad shape. So I made some calls and had a department tell me, uh, go by our equipment building and uh, ask for so-and-so and we will give you rims for that vehicle. And I was actually able to take it to that department, walk in the front door uh, with the blessing of the chief, lay the rims on the floor and I put a little bow on top of it for that officer. And that was, as I recall, that was that department's canine officer. Um, I have actually gotten to participate in many fundraisers and events that we basically all but privately funded a canine. And that is just the coolest thing to me. And this is um, not every canine needs to be attack trained. Um, and uh, that's not the, the popular byword today, but they don't need to be attack trained. And uh, the particular canine that we funded actually was um, search and rescue trained and primarily trained in, um, you know, searching for drugs. And uh, I've gotten to be part of that journey. Uh, we had an officer, probably one of the most powerful moments was we had a heck of an officer that was injured, career ending injury. And because of some of the funky laws in my state about, um, about employment, he was working as a full-time officer for one department, but he was working at a part-time job for another. And on, on a call, mutual aid for a third department, he was seriously injured and his benefits were like a hundred dollar bill a week. And they paid all of his medical, but, but what they were paying for his, his wages to, to compensate him for his wages was, I think it was $111 a week. It was absolutely ridiculous. And so he, he not only did he have career-ending injuries, multiple surgeries, lots and lots of pain, went through all the things that happened with going from, from being a heavy hitter for your department to being stuck at home. He went through awful things, but he was going to face losing both of his vehicles in his house. And the community rallied around him, and we did all kinds of benefits, dunk tanks. I climbed in a dunk tank. We did all kinds of things, and God just opened up this door uh, for for him to not lose his home. And he was able to get that under control. And recently he and I talked and he ended up doing a refinance and getting some things settled. He's back working, but not in law enforcement. And he's still a heck of a guy. Um, that was huge. And it really, it added a lot of credence to my ministry. And uh, people started coming in alongside me and saying, hey, we would like to help. What what can we do to help? And, and recently I have seen people doing benefits and events. Coffee set break in my area that have absolutely nothing to do with me. They're pro law enforcement events, gift baskets, thanking officers for different things. 2020 has been a rough year on law enforcement. And it was just amazing to see people rally behind these officers and do things that I had nothing to do with. People are like, oh, is that is that one of your projects? I'm like, I didn't even know what was going on. Heck, that's awesome. Let's prime the pump and get it going. I love it. And then um, also, um, I've had some instances where I've had to fight alongside law enforcement to protect them. And I've talked about it before, but I had an incident where we ended up in an altercation with a guy. He attacked the chief of police of that town. And uh, he, when he did, he was high on meth and hard alcohol. And that dude was tough. Uh, he wasn't feeling no pain. And uh, it took four of us and two tasers, but homeboy went to jail. 
and um, one of these things where he had he had started a physical, very violent altercation with somebody, and then refused refused to be arrested. Uh, and he got arrested anyway, but it blew my ministry wide open. People started contacting me and saying, hey, you know, I, I didn't really know what to think of you. I wasn't really sure. I couldn't figure out what your angle was. And that's an unfortunate byproduct of law enforcement is so many times in law enforcement, law enforcement becomes jaded to the things that they see. And they're like, what's your angle? Why are you, why are you doing this? And then they realized that I was all in. I was going to fight to protect these officers. And that that, that has been one of the biggest things that blew my ministry wide open. And I've had people contact me and say, hey, you are my chaplain. And even had uh, officers from departments that I can't ride with uh, because of the fact of their departmental policies that are like, man, I wish you could ride with me because I end up in some hairy situations. And I, I need a chaplain and I need somebody to ride with me that I can talk to and get things off my chest. But also knowing that you would have my back is incredible. So that's another thing that I'm looking forward to with carrying a commission. There's a very, very strong potential that I would be able to uh, carry a commission either with my local sheriff's department or uh, we've got a new uh, new sheriff coming in. We'll see where that lands. Um, everything I know about him is he's a good dude. But if that's the case, I might be able to be cross uh, actually carry a commission with that um, sheriff's department. And if I do, I would be able to ride with their department. So that is something that I will be looking into as I get closer to graduating from the academy. And uh, we'll see what next year brings. Um, so that's, that's all of these things coalesced together. Um, I have, I have been to funerals and helped direct traffic for, for funerals uh, multiple times of officers uh, fallen in the line of duty and otherwise been there with their families, helped do fundraisers uh, for the families of fallen officers because a lot of times the life insurance is just not enough, um, extremely minimal to non-existent. Um, and then, uh, you know, you got medical bills and all these things that people face. And so it's, I'm very deeply honored to serve beside the badge. And so now here going into 2020, um, I find myself in a situation where um, the journey to the badge has begun. I have a very real uh, likelihood that in um, a little over a year, actually closer to two years by the time I graduate, that I will actually carry a commission with that department and be able to not only better protect the individual officers I'm with, but actually serve my community in a way that is not possible and open to me now. And uh, so I'm, I'm awed, I'm humbled, I'm excited about where God is taking this. And I, I've really been looking forward to um, breaking this news in this episode, of, uh, season two of my podcast, uh, and, and looking forward to where God takes this. In, in other episodes, subsequent episodes, we're going to talk about things like, <clears throat> we're going to talk about the power of prayer. We're going to talk about um, belief in the badge, um, what, what faith can do. And I've, I've had these amazing opportunities. I think I've talked about it in a prior episode, but I've had these opportunities where people have straight up said in, in a car, on the way to jail, under arrest, or like, you know, I think, I think I need to get my life right with God. I think I need a religion. I think I need something to believe in because I'm just not, I'm not doing this on my own. And I've got the officer driving the cars, like looking at me. <laughs> going, man, if that's not an opening, I don't know what is. And that's the God that we serve is I've had those opportunities where I've prayed with people who are sitting in the cage in the back of a car. 
Um, I've prayed with people that were under arrest. I've prayed with people on the side of the road that whose loved ones have been injured and God has put me in those positions and, and led me to do so. And I've, I've never had anybody during a life altering life threatening incident, not want prayer. I remember being at the scene of a, of an incident one day where I don't think the lady made it, but her daughter was um, very shook up, her adult daughter, and they were trying to get information from her. And as happens when we are going through extremely stressful events, she couldn't think clearly. She was having trouble focusing. She was scared to death for her mom. And just answering the simplest questions were extremely taxing for her at that moment. And I was able to pray with her, lift up her situation to God, to, and and just, um, just help her to find a moment of peace. And when I did, she she actually visibly calmed and was able to speak to the paramedics at the scene and relay the information that they needed. And I, I had this paramedic turn to me one, when I stepped up to pray with her and helped her to find that moment of peace and calm. He turned and looked at me and he gave me this little nod like, that's, that's a good deal. You're all right. And that is... Um, one of my friends said to me, you have a ministry of presence. He said, you are, you are in the vehicle with the officers, oftentimes in the moment of danger, and they know that you're there. And that's probably one of the most amazing things is to have had officers call me, text me, hit me up on messenger and say, we're getting, we're headed to a high speed chase and it looks bad. Pray. Or this department is coming into our County and they are involved in a chase pray. We're getting ready to do a no-knock warrant on a, on a bad dude. This guy's trouble. Pray. Um, two, three times now, I've actually had officers straight up say to me, pray when I'm driving. I'm not driving. They're driving down the road. And uh, I've actually been tasked with transporting an officer who was injured to the hospital. And more than once, I think two times I have sat now with officers who were pretty severely banged up in the hospital, that ministry of presence, while they were waiting for test results and finding out what all was wrong with them, what what injuries had they sustained. And I pick on them and tease them a little bit and keep them laughing. And because it's so easy to feel down on yourself at those moments when you've been banged up in the line of duty. And um, I have seen the best of what humanity has to offer uh, when people live a life of service. And I've seen some of the worst that humanity has to offer. I've seen moments where you know, you know that you're dealing with somebody who's an outstanding example of humanity. I've seen some of that, that where officers have just been amazing. At the very same time, I've seen an unbelievable restraint where, uh, you know, people have beaten someone so severely or a man has beaten a woman so severely that she needed to be hospitalized for weeks. And, and that is some of the worst of what humanity has to offer. I, the rapists and the pedophiles, the child molesters, the just the murderers. I've gotten to see that. I've had a front row seat, but at the same time, I've gotten to see some of the most amazing examples of restraint and and men and women who put on a badge every day to protect us, exemplifying the best that we can be as humans and showing that restraint and that love and going that extra mile. And I've been deeply honored to have officers contact me and say, hey, uh, can you get all of a church you know? Can you help? We've got this person that needs help. And the letter of the law is that they that they go to jail, or the letter of the law is that um, that this thing happens, they're evicted, they don't get any help, but but we want to take it to that next level and help them. And that is that is 
somewhere in that ADD jumble is my journey to the badge and is what I am passionate about doing, taking care of those, service to those who serve, as my friend Eric Hadley with God Your Six Coffee says. So let's pray this sucker out. Um, I, I want to uh, take a moment and pray uh, in the new year and uh, and pray for your safety if you're in law enforcement out there taking care of us every day. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I'm humbled and I humble myself before you. I thank you for the opportunity to serve the men and women who put on badges every day to take care of us. Lord God, I ask that you would help this podcast to find the right ears that they would hear and be encouraged, Lord God. And I thank you for the opportunity that you presented me to actually serve in the capacity of a chaplain, but also to have a commission and be better able to protect the men and women that that I already serve as a chaplain and to be able to better serve the communities that I that I serve and love. So Lord God, I lift up the men and women in our country who serve as law enforcement. I ask that you protect them, that you would cause the bullets to bend around them, that you would supernaturally protect them from injury, that literally, Lord God, you would cause the bad guy to stumble and to fall, that you would draw these men and women closer to you in 2021. Lord God, I lift this up to you in the one name that makes it so, in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast.